Where's the kaboom? It's supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. <laughs> Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. So in our last episode, or actually it was a special edition episode, we had a couple of guests on, and one of them was Tyler Dobbs of the Model Aviation Political Action Committee. And uh, we all got a, kind of got up on a side topic, which was sort of a, a, a bomb of sorts, in that he mentioned a possible executive order that could potentially limit or even prohibit flying of UAS systems over federal grounds and federal property. So let's have him explain exactly what this executive order could potentially be. So, uh, Tyler, I guess I understand there you just got word of, of some sort of executive order that may be in the works related to model aviation. I have, and it's it's just in draft form right now. Um, but the draft that I've seen, it basically looks to prohibit government agencies um, from purchasing any unmanned aircraft system that is built in a foreign country, um, from operating any unmanned aircraft system that is born, born, built in a foreign country on or over federal land um, or federal managed land. And it also prohibits all UAS operations um, that is that are taking place on or over federal land or federally managed land. There are waivers in place. Um, there's there's a one day waiver, a seven day waiver, and a, and a 365 day waiver in this draft form um, for like companies who may have some uh, contracts in place for for commercial operations. Uh, but they're going to have to go through a number of hoops to make sure that their operations are safe. Um, really, what we think this is is um, I'm sure we've all heard some some Chinese built. UAS, um, there's a concern with some security agencies that information is being photographed or, or stored in the UAS and that information is being sent overseas. Um, so there's a big concern there. And I'm not sure that the, the president in the White House meant to include all of the UAS that, that are included in this draft. And uh, we're currently working to get that language changed and get some exemptions in place. Uh, but it really, the way it reads right now in its initial form, we feel lumps in basically every model aircraft, unmanned aircraft that there is. Um, it goes as far as to say, you know, even if you have an aircraft, maybe we home build an aircraft, if it has a gimbal or an electrical uh, circuit board on it that is built in a foreign country, even those would be prohibited. Um, so it would be extremely restrictive. I'm, I'm sure there may be a, a handful of aircraft out there that wouldn't be banned that maybe are, are built in the U.S., but that number has to be pretty low. Uh -huh. Are we talking about only government agencies that are using this, or will this affect private people? It would affect private people, um, the way it's currently written. The way it's poorly written. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> the way it's scratched in the sand with crayons. So that would be um, anybody who's operating on Army Corps of Engineer property, anybody who's flying at a national park, um, you know, EPA Superfund sites, all of those locations, military properties, maybe you have an outlying field for the, you know, um, the Air Force or something like that that you operate on. Uh, well, those are federally 
you know, managed and owned lands, um, this this executive order would prohibit those operations from taking place as currently written. Um, so, you know, we're working with others in the industry. Uh, we're trying to, to whisper in the ears of some people who are connected to the White House. Uh, we're trying to get those meetings set and get some protections in place in that order before it comes out. Wow. Yeah, that, that affects me directly because I fly on federal property. That's where my club is located. And and what about, uh, there's a lot of clubs that are in parks too as well, which may or there's a ban in national parks, but you know there are a few clubs that operate in national parks. They have specific agreements to do so. Um, unfortunately, under this order, it would prohibit those operations. So, so if this becomes a thing, do you th- feel like uh, cities and counties would mirror this for locally owned parks? You so I certainly don't want to say you know I, I feel like a majority probably would not, but you always have those few that um, well we see that the federal government's doing it, so we're following suit. We're gonna we're gonna prohibit it over all of ours. I mean we've already seen that. I mean we see that all the time with local ordinances and park policies, um, and we've done pretty well in the past to be able to overturn some of those and and find solutions. Um, but when it's got federal backing, especially from the White House, it makes those fights well, even harder. So um, we we understand. We, I don't want to diminish the concern of the security agencies, Department of Defense and Homeland Securities and others. We understand that the concern is there, um, but we need to to make it clear that there are a number of aircraft. Uh, and aircraft systems out there that are foreign built that do not collect data, do not store data, don't have a way to transmit that data um, that should be permitted to fly. There is no security risk whatsoever with those aircraft operating on or over military property or federal property. Just for academics, are they making a distinction between American companies with parts built in China versus um, for example, versus foreign built, foreign owned companies with parts made in foreign countries, if that makes any sense. If it is, if it is a, uh, regardless, if it is made in a foreign country, um, it would be restricted. So, I mean, that's like even Canadians, right? I mean, <laughs> they're treating. Yeah, it says, it says foreign companies. Um, you know, the draft, <laughs> it, it specifically mentions China, um, but it doesn't limit it to China. It, it, it you know, it, it says all foreign countries. Yeah, I know. Now, to play devil's advocate, I know there were issues, for example, I think DJI was reporting back certain things that the military was having issues with because they were using commercial drones uh, out in the field for legitimate reasons, uh, military reasons, and uh, just the stuff that was built in was reporting positions. And, of course, you can't have that. But it sounds like this this blanket edict is, again, once again, developing, uh, you know, our our or casual flyers flying a P-51, so it has none of that capability into this whole uh, um, drone, quote-unquote. It is, and and we hope that, you know, we hope that that wasn't the intent of the White House. We don't think it was. Um, We think, you know, this is just another casualty uh, for the traditional modelers that we get lumped into these, you know, one size fits all bucket and that's the easy yeah. approach. Um, and, and so right now, like I said, we're just, we're working every avenue to get that language changed, um, through, through OMB, the office of management and budgets and, and the white house boat, um, trying to get changes made before that comes out. And my other question is, are there really any U S made 
UAS comp- uh, systems components. I mean, I think everything has at least something that's made in a foreign country. Really, foreign country. I mean, it really does. I, there may be some company out there I'm not aware of, but I, I'm really, you know, uh, I think uh, at least at our scale, right? Ninety nine point yeah. nine percent of the stuff's made in a foreign country. Yeah, I think anything any wholly U.S. made would be some giant contractor making specific things for several million dollars a pop or something. Just right, hobby. That's exactly right. So that came out, um, that draft came out, I'll say. Like I said, I, I want your listeners to be aware this is just a draft. It could change a dozen more times before it comes out. But mm. the earliest draft, that's what was included in this bill or, or this executive order. Um, it would be extremely hard to enforce. Um, I'm not saying it wouldn't be enforced, but it, we would find it extremely hard to enforce. Um but we have this executive order, and, and then a couple days later, the there was uh, an RFI that the FAA released, a uh, request for information, and they're looking for input from low-altitude manned aviators, helicopter pilots, and general aviators who fly at low altitudes. They're wondering what... Uh, those aviators are going to do with the information that remote ID for unmanned aircraft systems will provide. Um, so if if the proposed rule goes through as is or some form similar to um, how the proposed rule looks and these aviators have access to the locations of these transponders or uh, through the internet connectivity, they know where these people are operating. Basically, what are the aviators going to do with that information? Um, well, it was my understanding. Now, this is one of the issues I had with the remote ID is that most aircraft don't have internet connectivity. That's right. So it was almost kind of pointless, the remote ID for anything other than, say, maybe large commercial aircraft, because they weren't even connected to the system. So it was sort of pointless. Well, so it would have to, um, at that point, you know, you would have to either fly at one of the, the uh, FRIAs, the fixed sites, or have the standard remote ID where you would send out a, tr- a signal from the aircraft, and then you would not be re- actually required to have internet connectivity. Well, no, I was talking about the uh, actual manned aircraft in the airspace. Oh, hey. yeah, okay, yeah, sure. No, you're exactly right. They don't. Um, but whatever this is, uh, you know, whatever this remote ID rule comes out, it could be an app on a phone that allows the the manned aircraft to, you know, see where people are. Regardless, they want to know, <laughs> what are you going to do with this information? Um, are you going to check it before you take off? Are you, you know, what what is the purpose of this information? Um, and so that's a little concerning to us that they're sending out a request uh, while the rule is, you know, we just yeah. finished the yeah. comment period. Um, there's very unlikely that very many of the comments have, have been you know, went through and they went through those comments yet and, and, and separated them. And here we already have an RFI um, that is, you know, makes me a little uneasy. I, I almost get the sense that they're looking um, to support their, their some of their proposals in this rule through this RFI. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but um, we're concerned. You know, AMA reached out to AOPA and we reached out to EAA and we shared our concerns. Obviously, those two organizations are huge supporters of, of model aviation and AMA. Um, so we'll, we'll be working with them closely on this RFI. I think that the uh, submissions for that are due somewhere around the middle of April. Um, but th- that's another concern. So this week we've really had to the executive order coming from the White House, which again is just a draft. Um, but this RFI for low, uh, low altitude general mm. pilots, um, those two things, AMA will those will be kind of top priority. I just thought it was 
funny because it's my understanding that it was generally not a good idea to use your cell phone in an aircraft because it can confuse the cell towers. Sure. Yeah, and that seems like a question they should have asked before coming up with the rule. But that's just me. Yeah. It's like a lot of people making rules with not really good understanding of what they're making rules on. That's our concern is, you know, we're going to make this rule and then we'll go out and try to find support for it afterwards. Um, we don't want, we hope that's not the approach that they're taking. Um, obviously, AMA, we've been working with a number in the industry and, um, you know, EAA, as I mentioned, and AOPA and even Google's Project Wing. Um, I don't know if you guys saw their comments, but they are very, very close to AMA's comments. They want they're really pushing for an app-based solution rather than, you know, manufacturer standards for line of sight model aircraft. Um, so I, I know that Google's taken a lot of heat from people and they've been a member of the Commercial Drone Alliance and, and others, but um, they've really went out on their own on this proposed drool and, uh, you know, they're, they're engineers and they're their platform designers for their, for Google's aircraft are AMA members. Um, huh. and, AMA members are really the driving force that said, look, we if if remote ID goes through as is, it is going to devastate the, the hobby, um, and we can't let that happen. So um, we know Google's, like I said in the past, they, they were some some of the groups, they were one of the groups that were pushing for remote ID, and, and um, I know people don't have great things to say about them, um, but their stance right now is is very much in line with AMAs, and they are a very good ally to have on our side in this fight. Wow, had not heard that. Yeah. So, and uh, when we were talking about the uh, prohibition of flying over government lands, I thought of Red Jensen and the the model shop that he runs. Out of, is it Ames? But yeah. I, I can't imagine that he doesn't have foreign built equipment in the stuff that he flies. Sure. And that's his job. So. Oh yeah. Good point. Yeah. yeah. You know, right now we have, um, we work with the air force JROTC and we're starting to bring them under the AMA umbrella and civil air patrol and others, and, and even other branches of the military's JROTC and they're struggling. They don't, they're struggling to find an aircraft. They can't use no government funds can be used to purchase these aircraft. Um, you know, and, and so if it's foreign made, their their hands are tied. They can't fly it. They can't buy it. Huh. Yeah. All right. Look. Looks like we need to start a drone company. <laughs> sure. <laughs> $50,000. Oh, please. Not even close. The All-American Drone Company. So, you know, that's a concern. And like I said, um, you know, we hope that the White House didn't intend to lump us all together. And we hope that we can just provide some clarity and, and um, some help them with some of the language and work out an exemption um, for those aircraft that, again, really aren't capable of collecting or transmitting any of this data that, that poses a national security risk. All right. Well, we're going to be looking to you for information as this unfolds. Sure. Uh, you know, go to the AMA blogs and, and the Gov page, amamodelaircraft.org slash Gov, and we'll have updates there. Uh, you know, I do podcasts with Matt um, on a pretty regular basis, and we'll be sure to bring that up. And happy to come back here and discuss any updates when things unfold. Um, it's, you know, I, I don't know where this is going. This came out kind of 
you know, I got word of it about a week ago or so. I'm sure it's still moving forward, but everything right now is coronavirus related, and, and I think that will sure, take sure. precedent. Um, and, and I think that's going to be our ask is, hey, let's let's table this for just a little bit of time. You know, you guys have bigger things to, to worry about, and we'll readdress this and we'll help you with some of the language and um, try to find a good balance that protects the important things that by all means need protected, um, but still allows uh, our members and our clubs and our youth to get out there and fly aircraft that pose absolutely no safety risk or security risk at all. More good news. Yeah, that just ruined my appetite. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's... Uh, it is. It's it's been a time. It's been a trying few months. Um, you know, the, my best advice to people is, you know, I, we want you to stay informed. Unfortunately, this hobby is now a regulatory hobby. Um, it's heavily regulated, and people need to become. Um, you know, they need to stay informed of the situations. But at the end of the day, just go get an airplane and go out and fly. I mean, at some point, you got to let it go. Uh, you know, AMA's here. We're working through these issues. We're going to call on you at different times to maybe contact your senators or representatives. Um, uh, you're going to hear things that are going to be, you know, a little concerning, like what I just mentioned. Um, but we're going to find solutions to all of these problems. Um, it may take us time, and it, we may get a lot of bumps and bruises along the way but um we hope at the end of the day that we'll be able to continue doing what we all love amen hallelujah okay tyler i uh, appreciate the update as sour as it is uh, but it's good to know ahead of time what's coming uh so we can fight it the best we, way we can so sure well thanks again hopefully we'll get back in touch with you sometime soon when we get a further update on uh this very important issue yeah, come back with good news next time. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, hope, hopefully the update is we fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> we told them what was wrong. We rewrote it for them, and they said, okay. We, uh, you know, we we do hope to, you know, we have some some things that we've been working on that is, you know, they are good news, and, and we're going to be looking forward to sharing those. Um, we want to get them finalized and in writing, but, um, you know, there's a lot of concerns with altitudes and things like that, and we've been getting some victories here and there, and, and so we look forward to sharing those. Again, a little premature, but um, it will at least give some people hope, which is good. Well, thanks for getting and giving all the bloody noses. <laughs> and I'll keep up the fight. Don't worry about that. Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you. That stinks. <laughs> there, that's my thought. Yeah. Well, oh, tell us how you really feel. Eloquently uh, put. Well, wow. I, I think because Tyler uncovered the, I mean, he, what he was explaining is that when they were reading through it, it was so loosely written that it could be expanded into anybody owning a China product. That's the yeah. scary part. And we have not seen this proposal yet and i don't know how we can get our hands on it. i'd love to see if, you know if we can find a copy or if anybody else is listening you know can fill us in too but man this proposal sounds scary when they just don't dot all the i's and cross the t's yeah there's all kinds of questions you ask what if it's a chinese company that for example using all american parts or an american company using partially chinese parts or stuff that's you know what if you know we have we have friendly countries what if it's japanese made or, or english you know that's it it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. 
Well, are there any other countries that are on our friendly list that produce any of that stuff? I think it's all coming out of China. Well, 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 Taiwan, right? Well, maybe Taiwan, South Korea, maybe Vietnam. Okay, Japan. Well, here's another thought that kind of relates back to remote ID is that we were talking about all the data tracking they were going to do with the way it's proposed, but are they going to have to display all the part manufacturers in that transmission, like how it's made? Because here's the idea where if we're tracking something, you want to know who's flying, where it is, and so forth. With this kind of executive order, and they have some type of remote ID, are they going to have to broadcast what make and model of the equipment that's on board? That's a good point. Yeah, how do I know if it's domestic or foreign components? Does it transmit that? Does it have to be vetted? Just, are they assigned a serial number? Well, we're I like talking material. about mail your papers. Is this a German <laughs> aircraft? <laughs> well, we're talking about federally owned aircraft, right? So presumably, before it ever gets in the air, all that has been checked. Yeah, but the point was, he was saying that it's so vaguely written right now, it could go into the whole public scheme of aircraft. It could be stated that you can't fly any Chinese aircraft because it. Mary, he said there was just that, that it was part that was written that said it, they could just ban it in general. We couldn't even buy the stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Isn't that what you got from it? That's what I heard. I mean, that's what he was so concerned about is not that they're, you know, yes, there's a risk there. And they, they're obviously that's the right decision. If they've got gear that's sending data back to China, that's that could be, you know, private. Uh, what do you call it? Restricted, restricted areas. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's that's good. That's a <laughs> yes. Let's stop doing that. I think the concern is we need to read the read the proposal because Tyler's suggesting that the way it is written, the public could be at risk of having all their UAS grounded simply because there are parts built from China. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the part that's scary. Yeah, yeah it I, is. I didn't really get that from what he said. But even if it is, that's just another one of those unenforceable things that somebody pulled out of their tranny. Yeah, because that's going to, because I know for certain, um, it, it, our friend Tony can back me up on this. Uh, out at Edwards Air Force Base, there's actually a, a model aviation club out there on the, the base grounds as you go into it, before you go into the actual base, but on the long road into it. And not only do they fly model airplanes, people from what used to be, I guess, the Dryden, I guess it's... Uh, Armstrong, I guess it's called now, Armstrong Research Center. They fly model airplanes out there for actual NASA research. And I guarantee that most of the, a lot of the parts they're using in there are going to be foreign made simply because that's the only way you can get it. And that's effectively shutting them down as well. And this is an actual legitimate reason. Not necessarily drones. They're, they're flying next generation airliner concept models and, and all kinds of weird stuff that they, they fly. So, like the Prantle that we saw at the expo. Yeah, exactly. Guys like that. Yep. Yeah, so Red Jensen and his crew. Red probably flies out there. Yep. Who are writing technical papers about the research they're doing, but they might be grounded because their servers are made in China. Well, I just want you to know, Terry, after we hung up, I sent an email to Red to, 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 to get his thoughts. He hasn't responded yet. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, that would just be devastating for them. But again, it would carry over to the public if they did pull something like that and you know, for, let's let's think about this, for example. Are they doing it because they're punishing China? Like if this thing went about, you know, if you bought products from China, or are they only going to address products that are like GPS or data collecting? I seriously doubt an ESC that I have is going to data collect. I, I, I guarantee this is just like 
in general, they have a remote ID. They see these drones with cameras. And they think this is this is a problem. People flying these drones, they're transmitting data back to somewhere we don't know. It's collecting information. We don't have any control of this, and so they're really looking at it from the point of we're just going to lump everything in because people are flying multi rotors around with uh, cameras and like DJI, like I've mentioned before, is transmitting or at least was um, transmitting data back to their servers or something like that for for geofencing that kind of stuff. But I thought I heard a rumor. I don't think he was in the conversation with Tyler, but I thought I heard a rumor that someone said a product, I don't know if it was DJ or not, was also taking snapshots and sending small resolution JPEGs back over the internet. That's what they were worried about. I haven't heard that, but, you know, it's not not impossible. But I think this all stems from, if not ignorance, at least... Okay, we'll just call it ignorance. That here's this problem we know exists of data being sent back. Let's make a rule to fix that. And they're just casting out this large net, either unaware or unconcerned about what else gets caught up in that net. Yeah, yeah, and, I agree. That's yeah, yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. So, because what if you, if it's American made, but using foreign components? So you've got a transistor made in Japan, but it's assembled here in the States. Right. So, and that begs the question if. <clears throat> If there's a hard cutoff tomorrow, forget recreational, but just say the government who has some good applications for this stuff, let's say that they're banned tomorrow from any Chinese equipment. Do we have a foundation of industry that could provide for them? I'm sure there's still companies that are making brushless motors, or those are simple enough that that could happen quickly. And the same for ESCs. Um, I'm sure there's people out there that can make receivers. But uh, flight controllers, I'm sure there's technical knowledge how to design them and create them, but is anybody building them here? I don't know anymore. I mean, in, in the early days, remember we had places like Aviox and um, a place up in New York, I forgot what it was called, Max? You made brushes, motors, and controllers? Oh, hmm, I don't remember. Uh, I and forgot a- the name. Astroflight? Yeah. MPI? You know, Astroflight. Well, MPI, MPI was yeah. importing Chinese stuff. Were they? Yeah. The other issue we talked about were LiPo batteries, though. Mm-hmm. We're not going to yeah. get those locally. I don't think anybody makes lipo yeah. batteries here in the states. Yeah, yeah we're so back, it, we're back to lead well, acid. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so will we cross over that far? I mean, into that category? Are they just going to focus on, you know, again, main boards, GPS? The way that, I heard Tyler understand it is anything on board has to be, you know, red, white, and blue. Yeah, I think this is some bureaucrat thought it was a good idea, but had no idea of the technical implications of this. <laughs> so I <laughs> look, I, I know we're having a serious problem with China right now and something they've let go. <laughs> they they've released the hounds, so to speak, mm-hmm. on us and we're not too happy with them. But how much would it cost for an American made slow stick? <laughs> I'm just you know, think about how we've benefited from the the cheap price of lipos and ESCs and so forth. I mean, God, I was at a swap meet and what paid five or ten dollars for a twenty five thirty amp ESC. You know, mm. think about that years ago, how much they cost. But right. just, I mean, how how much more do you think? What what kind of percentage would you put on a kit that was a hundred percent USA made? Well, when I bought my first brushless motor, it was an Aviox with an ESC. And, and we still have yeah. Castle ESCs. Um, so it was an Aviox motor with a Castle ESC and a planetary gearbox and probably like a 400-watt system, and I paid about $300 for it. 
and was happy to do it. So, and it was running on NICADs, by the way. But I ended up buying LiPos for the second generation Thunder Powers 10C, maybe it was 8C. Paid 75 bucks each for uh, three cell 2100s and thought I was stealing them at that price. So. <laughs> well, shoot, uh, my, it, first, my first process was an Axie. So oh, okay. Well, that was Chinese, still early on. Was, but it wasn't cheap. Czech Republic. It's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I'm thinking about the price it was then. You know, it was well over 100 bucks to buy that motor. And yeah. the equivalent today, you could get 20, 25 bucks. Yeah. 40 size. Yeah. Yeah, I remember constantly scanning the Aviox. Uh, they used to have like a scratch and dent page. Oh, right. Kind of thing. And I was always looking at there, looking for deals. And every once in a while, something would pop up. And I was happy to get like one of their motors for like 100 bucks. Right. I was like, yeah, I got a good deal on this one. But <laughs> if you look at the, the true cost of that, though, like so many other things that we analyzed from China, where's Astroflight? Where's Aviox? Where's Axie now? They've essentially been run out of the market because you can't compete with $30 motors. Yes, no. there's a difference in quality, but to most people, you know, it's not going to matter that much, not for the price difference. And so you lose the high-end options and you lose the innovation because, you know, for the most part, the the Chinese companies aren't interested in innovating. They're just looking to to replicate at the lowest cost possible. So. I agree. And unfortunately, we are not in the times where businesses can start up <laughs> and start pulling off, you know, made in USA equipment. But that would be a great solution if we didn't have this stupid virus right now. Um, what do you think of the hurdles for someone doing that? Because if you knew that all these government agencies want this stuff and you're going to be the sole source of one or very few sources for them to get it, I think that would be a pretty good incentive. Yeah, but it's the raw materials. I mean, obviously getting lithium <laughs> for your batteries ain't oh, going to just happen down the street. <laughs> oh, you're talking about making batteries. Yeah, I think well, that could be well, a hurdle. Making electronics, too, in general. I mean, remember remember Back to the Future? All This stuff's <laughs> made in Japan. Some of the best stuff's made in Japan. You know, it's like things change. Um, I think the Chinese have basically a monopoly on the lithium mines, don't they? I don't know. I think so. I think more or less. Everybody's going to have to turn in their antidepressants. I was going to say, it's up to us. Invent the new material that's plentiful in America. Yeah. <laughs> Corn! <laughs> ethanol, <Corn> yeah. <laughs> we'll just compress ethanol into little bitty packets. And... <laughs> hmm. All right, so uh, what's next? We actually read this thing and figure out if we're talking out of our rear again? Because maybe there's a little asterisk at the bottom. Psst, not you, Lee. Yeah. Well, we haven't seen anything, right? There's nothing to read. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you're allowed to look at uh, drafts of these executive Good orders. Or, or yeah. not. Tyler mentioned something about it, but I, I don't know if that means it's visible to us. Yeah, I think this is, you know, this is very, very, very preliminary. This is just sort of through the grapevine, hearsay, third-hand kind of stuff. Yeah. But from... Uh, from a good source, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, a yeah. reliable source. No, this source is someone who goes to D.C. all the time for stuff, so it's not yeah. like he heard it, you know, putting his ear to the ground. He's actually right. talked to people. Yeah. 
We're your propaganda machine right now. <laughs> <laughs> the, the propaganda. Start start saving up all those rubber bands <laughs> for your little Gillows models. <laughs> well, make sure they're American-made rubber bands. Oh, yeah. So we should do that as a project. Put together uh, as much as you can U.S. derived model. I've still got my yeah. I've still got my Axie or excuse me uh, Aviox motor. I can do that. Yeah. I still have a couple AVOXs. I think I wanted our controllers. I've got uh, some U.S. made kits. I mean, the balsa came from Ecuador, but whatever. We're not talking raw materials. Yeah, I think they're talking electronics. Uh, uh, I don't know receivers. About... Yeah, yeah. Now I, I had can... some aftermarket receivers. I don't know where they were made though. Or we could do non-China because I could do Korea with uh, high tech. Yeah, it was high tech. Or who's the guy who made these old? These back in the seventy-two megahertz days had some aftermarket. Uh, what were they called? Oh. Castle had some. Yeah, that's right. Castle had receivers. Yeah, yeah I know Castle moved a lot of their manufacturing in the house. At least at one point they did. People are screaming at us right now at their car radio or in their workshop. They're running off American-made RC products, and we're forgetting <laughs> them all. I was going to say think, SIG, Balsa USA. I still think the toughest thing is batteries. Batteries yeah. is going to be tough. I don't think there's yeah. any batteries made in the States. Either Japanese, Korean. Chinese. So we could be a lot of money if we come up with the replacement for lithium. I mean, who made even NICAD? Well, well, or maybe there's, if you go NICADs, maybe like um, uh, <laughs> coal. <was> Energizer <laughs> or something? Do they make you can finally do your steampunk plane, Lee. For real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vacuum tubes are made in America, right? No, not yeah. anymore. <laughs> so were the A123 batteries, did they have a U.S. factory for that? Or am I making that up? I don't know. Good question. Yeah, that's I, definitely I, plausible. I like how our Wasn't conversation test- went to complaining about China. These, you know, they're cheating and we're doing a ban too. All right, America, stand up and let's make, yeah. make RC airplanes USA day again. Right. Well, that's our reputation, right? Ingenuity. Yeah. Maybe we have yeah. to start a little page on our website that lists all the American-made RC products. and. Yeah. We're going to have to yeah. go back to Heathkit radios, probably. But, but, but how do you define American-made? What if it's a Japanese company making them here? Is that considered? Like, kind of like Toyota, right? Uh, Toyota right. builds cars sure. in South Carolina. A little subcategory that says friendly countries and yeah. other friendly countries. <laughs> really? Not friendly? <laughs> Non-China countries. <laughs> but yeah, batteries would be the tough one. But it's, so that- it's raw materials. That guy that had the old radios at the AMA Expo, he's finally going to be able to sell those things. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is my time to shine. <laughs> Waited three decades for this. Let me pull up my two-meter radio with a 10-foot antenna. <laughs> I still I still have my 72 megahertz radio. Maybe I'll be lucky and fly my gliders. Old yeah, school. Old school. <laughs> oh, everybody just goes to free flight. All right, so let's preface, preface again or repeat for everybody. It's not official. It's what's expected. There's There might be changes in this proposal. Please don't go freaking out on us. We're just chatting away, hearing about a, a possible, you know. We're uh, writing this on the bathroom wall. <laughs> and For a and good air- time, call us. <laughs> Go ahead. We're just here for your enjoyment and entertainment. But obviously, if they don't correct it, uh, there will be much complaining to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, this it's it's not completely tied to this virus. But man, you think about 
how much how much change is happening to this country and how many I I got I don't know it be you guys but I'm looking at Facebook posts where everybody's in their workshop and I'm just seeing all these pictures of people building these airplanes I'm going this is great We've never had much time. I posted that joke where it showed a, bu- a wall of all the models and boxes. It said yeah. 14 days later, they're all built. <laughs> For me, it'd still be just a wall of models. Yeah. Or, boxes. More models. Well, yeah, one, more. I was going to say one wall would be cleared. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so it's nice to see people building that. But you're going to get to the point where you're going to need new supplies or new products. I mean, I mean I'm going back to LiPo batteries, but, um, you know. It's it's a concern, and if you pass this executive order and China cannot ship RC products, let's just say that's how it's going to be written, what would you do? What could you fly? You know, Do you have enough supplies right now that you could continue flying and not worry about it? Yeah, I'd be okay for a while. Assuming my lipos, I put on little velvet gloves every time I use them, I'll be all right. <laughs> You're a good lipo. Right. <laughs> put a little, put a little box, a little tissue. <laughs> you're not going to puff, are you? No, no, no. <laughs> you're, not, you're not a puffy. <laughs> Our worst case, think, you go to nitro or gas. So I'm glad you said that, Terry, because I was going to say the same thing. I think if that was the situation where China was not shipping batteries or something like that, I'd be good. Hey, you're a sailplane guy. Come on. Well, and not only that, I think this is how good it'd be. I think we have enough people in this hobby, people who listen, listen to the show or friends that we have, that if other people wanted to get into the hobby, you'd have enough supplies to share. Yeah, sure. I could add two or three people with the amount of equipment I have to get them flying in this hobby. The only, I mean, except for fits and fuel, because I don't know how that would limit you because we're talking glow fuel. and My gas engines, I think I'd be okay. Um, but fits, you know, you, you make that special Cox fuel. So is that going to be a problem? Do you have to get stuff from, does anything come from China for you? No. The nitromethane? Not that I know of. No, nitromethane oils. Sweet. The, uh, methanol. I think it's all from U.S. produce production. Awesome. Uh, but I don't know. I, I don't really see that happening because so, with so many cell phones and computers and electric cars and stuff, right, you can still import that stuff. It's not going to change. Hmm. You may be right. I guess we'll see. I guess so. Time will tell. Did he mention, I forgot, did Tyler mention how soon they were going to, was that now? Like, is that immediate? He said shortly, right? But, like, was shortly within a week or two? But but I I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's, like you said, I don't know if you can, there's a review period for executive order. Usually it's an executive order, right? You just kind of. Right. I thought. Yeah, that was. More kind of thing. Yeah. he, He signs it and it's done. Yeah. I mean, we're we're talking about this right now. It'll take us a day or two to get it out there. It could be done yesterday. No, no, no. Executive orders can only control what the government does or government. So it's not a law that applies to everybody. It only applies well, to government agencies. You are opening up a can of worms, but the government has always known about taking stuff that's on the books and then running with it. So they could say, "Oh, well, it's an executive order. It says no UAS." We, that's the only, that's the only part they'll take. It says no UAS. Uh, no, no, Every, it only be over government band. facilities. That's the only they, they have no control over local. Yeah. They can't do state parks or state facilities. Or anything like that. Have only you US. lived in America, Fitz? <laughs> have you not been dictated by government? Stupid government. <laughs> what is this America you speak of? I don't know they, nothing about America. You know there are going to be idiots out there that take this executive order and twist it. Well, let's not 
as Lee would say, put the cart before the horse. It's not even a thing yet. Right. So let's not extrapolate on it. And you know what? We should segue here, and I think we should segue to you thanking me profusely. Uh, Thank you profusely. I put a box in the mail today with your son's name on it. Whoa. Okay. (laughs) Is it empty? (laughs) Oh, it's a box. Thank you, Terry. It had something you asked for. Is it some, oh, I know what it is. Ah, so you didn't mention it. <laughs> is Ryan getting an EDF motor? <laughs> so you know what it is then? Yes. Okay. You texted it, it to me. Right, but that was yesterday. I thought maybe you'd forgotten. <laughs> it was yesterday. That was so yesterday. Yeah, the, the flower delivery guy didn't show up today, so I figured <laughs> you didn't get it. You'll <laughs> no, you need to talk about that, but you sent me photos of that twin, though, because that was the part that I started laughing, is that you had that twin ducted unit that's brushed. Oh, yeah. Like, so yeah. <laughs> when we recorded the last episode, you had asked if anybody had a fan unit for the Great Plains or what was it? Well, that was our YouTube show. Yeah. So you asked if you had this old Great Plains fan unit. And I said, oh, I do, I think. And so after the show, I went and checked. And the I found one unit that wasn't being used, but it had a motor that probably wasn't going to work well in the L39. But then I remembered I had this other system that I had bought on some sort of clearance sale a while back. And it was two of those fan units in a pod side by side made for the plane, which is called the Diablo this really ugly ducted fan they made for a while. But it came with a single fan. You could upgrade to this dual brushed fan unit. And <laughs> it, was, I can't... it was probably almost as loud as Fitz's Eurofighter. <laughs> probably. <laughs> At one-tenth the speed. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I pulled that down and everything was there. And I yanked it apart and pulled the fan units out. And between... Oh, yeah. And then... I also checked on Facebook, and there was a person 45 minutes away from here who was selling an old Great Plains Synapse ducted fan, which has that fan unit and a brushless motor in it. And he had a really good deal on it. And you could tell from the pictures it was kind of beat up, but it had the fan unit and a motor. So um, I went and got that, and I parted it out for you. And between the fan unit that was in that plane I got and the two uh, fans in that pod, I was able to put one good one together for you and it's in the mail. I hope it works out. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope, I hope Austin thanks you. <laughs> so do I, but no, I, I hope it goes to good use. I've been sitting on that dual fan thing forever. I think I paid like 10 bucks for it or something. I'm like, I can't not buy that and uh, I'll find a use for it eventually. And now I have. So well, thank I'm you. happy. Yeah. And hopefully I'll take Austin out. Whenever he has a break from school, <laughs> I, can, <laughs> that'll be, yeah. I can sneak him out of class one day. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll take both L39s out to the field and test them out. Yeah, but I speaking of field, I'm oh, sorry. I heard his new teacher's a real jerk. <laughs> hey, his, his teacher's teaching him lots of cool stuff in the workshop. <laughs> a harsh disciplinarian. <laughs> no, I was saying, speaking of field, poor Fitz. Yeah, right. Fits. Who flies at a government order location? So, yeah, I mean, we we just got shut down because of the, uh, the center was shut down for the Corona thing, but now we're wondering will will it ever open back up again? Let's hope. 
Have you flown since? I have not. No, it that last day I flew was the day they shut it down. I looked at that day. This past weekend was kind of meh. So this coming weekend looks like the weather might be decent. So uh, we'll see if some of the uh, local clubs I'll pick one and pop out there. Maybe fly around mm. a little bit. That would be a tremendous uh, shame. It's a great facility and is. such rich history there. So. It was a rich history. It was involved in uh, the shuttle program. There's a well. freaking Saturn V in the background. Yeah, there's a Saturn V in the background. Yeah. So yeah, is, we'll the, is your concern that they may not open it ever again because of the virus or because of this executive order? I, I wasn't following you. Oh, well, yeah. If the executive order comes down the pipeline, <clears throat> might be an issue. Or they find excuses that says, yeah, we just don't want your trouble. Oh, of these, of these things flying around over a government property. It's already shut down. Why why spend the time opening back up again? Gosh, I'd hate to I mean I'm sure <clears throat> I'll I'm sure I'll be uh, lending an uh an ear to Mike Libel if that happens. Yeah, yeah I, actually I talked to him briefly the other day. He's very much thinking the same thing. Yeah, Mike's our friend who's a club president, correct? He's so and he's the yeah. one who has that beautiful B twenty four. So, but yeah, I just terrible. Oh, that's, that's, uh, that's bad news. So the good news was, thank you, Terry, for thinking of me. I didn't even prompt you. I think you thought you had one, but you actually made an extra effort to go get one. So I really, I do appreciate you. For oh, doing you're that. welcome. Thank you. And you know, I was just prodding you. I know but, you were, but. And but it I was saw a good the... excuse to get out of the house too. It was actually interesting buying that stuff because normally you would go to meet up with somebody, go to the house, whatever. You shake hands, you exchange the stuff, bada bing. But it was a little bit different this time because I made sure he knew up front that my wife had been sick all week and you know, we're trying to take this whole thing very seriously. And so he, I sent him PayPal beforehand. He sent me pictures. I sent him PayPal and he left the stuff on the porch. And I went and leave, leave the plane there. I'll be back in five minutes. Well, he he was outside on his porch when I got there, so I was able to talk to him. But you know, we never got within ten feet of each other, very consciously. So, it's just uh, I mean, uh, kind of like how it was for me in high school with all the girls I was trying. No, <laughs> yeah, you too, huh? <laughs> hey, you want to go out with me sometime? <laughs> Click. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it was just like that okay good we're, we're ending on a happy note we're all laughing right now that's where we need to end i will say though i did get to fly yesterday i took the that uh gosh what was the name of that cox plane i got i remember i got it for 20 bucks at randy's i forget the name of it it was just a you know beat up foamy plane they put a sport cub the tail on it lazy bee Oh, easy no, it's bee, a, maybe? it was a Franken plane, wasn't it? I think it was the easy bee. Well, it's yeah. a Franken plane, yeah. Yeah, but it's got the cub wing and cub tail. But yeah. uh, I, anyway, I flew that sucker yesterday. It flies great, man. Was that the first flight? No, no, no. I've flown it for okay. a while, but I had put some bigger wheels on it this time because it was struggling to to land. The wheels were way too tiny. But uh, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was very relaxing. I mean, with all the stuff that's going on, trying to not watch TV anymore, but. It was what it was a weird uh, break in the weather. We had some terrible rain and wind, but it was very humid and kind of near the end of the day. And oh, it was fun. It was nice to just get out. I mean, I think for those of you who are, you know, stuck in cabin fever, can't get out, go get a UMX plane. Sit in your back, sit in your back patio and fly yeah. that sucker. Austin flew his. 
That's true. Yeah, I got a couple things I can find in my front yard. <clears throat> but I will say I totally disagree with the video of the guy walking his dog with the drone. Did you see that? <laughs> Don't do that. How are you going to pick up the poop? Oh, yeah, my really. goodness. You got to drive oh, a little RC front end loader to scoop up. <laughs> the RC front end. There you go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, well. All right. We better end right there. Okay. Yeah. Let's say to where we're laughing and having fun. Okay. Well, that wraps up another special edition of the RC Roundtable, and we'll see you guys next time. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com, where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts, where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening. <laughs>